Well, I'm so excited to be with you guys tonight. Um, man, it's been a crazy few weeks, um, in a good way, uh, and I'll get into that a little bit uh, throughout the message. Um, it's just been kind of crazy, but um, even getting here tonight was crazy, so I was like, oh, well, that's apropos for, <laughs> um, so I was a little late. But anyway, I am really excited to be here. I'm excited to share this message with you. And like Paula said, this is a, a message that I have lived. And it's something that um, my prayer for you this morning um, when I was hanging out with the Lord was that he would impart to you whatever it is that you need tonight for your season of breakthrough. Whatever that is, that you need from him, that you would get it tonight and that you would hear that, that specific word because he has, he cares about each and every one of us individually. And it was so perfect what Ginger shared tonight. Like I was like, yes, bring it. Because, you know, this message is all about the spirit of fear. Fear, whatever you want to call it. It has a million different names and a million different friends that tag along with it. They go by other names. But fear is the bottom line. And we know that perfect love casts out all fear. It's his perfect love. So wouldn't it be sweet if we all had a God encounter with his perfect love tonight? And it would just cast out all that fear. Whatever we're dealing with, let it be so. Amen. So I know Paula prayed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray again really quick. So if you'll just bear with me. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to share your heart and to bring the message that I believe that you have put inside of me for such a time as this. Father God, I pray that you would have your way in this place and that you would be glorified and you would do exactly what I prayed this morning, Lord, that the words you've given me to speak would hit the mark and each and every person would hear the word specifically from your heart to theirs, Lord, and that you would bring your breaker anointing in this place full-blown without measure and your perfect love Lord we bless you and we give you all the glory in the mighty and holy name of Jesus we pray amen so we know that fear is an attack of the enemy because it tells us very clearly in 2nd Timothy 1 7 for God will never give you a spirit of cowardly fear but he gives the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and sound judgment. And like I said earlier, this is a topic that I have dealt with and battled with most of my life. Fear. In one form or another. God's been really healing me and delivering me from fear for, the, for about the past decade or so, I would say. Um, but of course, it's something he's still working in me. He's always working on us, you know while we're on this earth. And because I've been dealing with that for so long, um, one of my first verses that I ever memorized, and, I, and it's like Ginger said, I remember the moment when I got it. I don't remember the date of my salvation, which is, I think it's super cool that she does. I was young, little, I don't remember. But I do remember when I came back to the Lord. And I also remember the day I got one of my favorite verses, and I actually keep it, it's on a little shield on my keychain. Somebody gave it to me as a gift that day, and I've had it ever since, and like all the words are wearing off after all these years, but I know what it says. And it's Joshua 1, verses 6 through 9. 
and it's do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. I say to you, do not be afraid. And, you know, that was one of the first verses I memorized, and it was one of the first verses that I knew God was speaking to me. And as a matter of fact, most of the time in those early years when I came back to the Lord, when people, I would go up for ministry or I would be at an event where they were offering ministry or prophetic ministry, 99.999% of the time I would get the verse about the righteous are as bold as a lion and, you know, all these things about being brave and being bold and being fearless to the point where it got like super annoying. Like, you know, when you get the same word over and over and you're like, fine, you know, but I want to hear something else. But that's really what the Lord was speaking to me for a great part of my life. You know, I want you to be strong. I want you to be brave. I want you to be courageous. And um, recently, Rachel gave me a bracelet about a year ago, really. And it was a beautiful bracelet. It was a turquoise leather bracelet. It had all this real pretty bling on it, just gorgeous silver. And it said fearless in really big letters. And I was like, yes, that is my word. I'm believing God that I will be fearless someday. And I know that that's what he's speaking to me. And I loved wearing it. I wore it all the time. And people would be like, oh, that's a cute bracelet. Where'd you get it? And I'm like, oh, you can't get this. It was made for me. So it was super special to me, and I loved it. And I wore it all the time, especially if I was going to speak or go to an event where I needed a little reminder to be brave, you know? Like we learned at our conference, a prophetic act to wear on your body to remind yourself. And I loved my fearless bracelet. Well, we go to this prophetic conference in um, California recently, and one of the things that they have us do as a learning about more about the prophetic is they want us to take an object that we have on us or that we have with us that means something to us, and they want us to pray and figure out who we're supposed to give it to. And right away, I was like looking for lip gloss and gum and a pen or a bookmark, and right away the Lord's like, no, I want you to give that bracelet. And I was like, oh, no. Mm-mm. I'm pretty sure you're not asking me to give that bracelet that reminds me to be fearless that my sweet friend made for me that you know I dearly love. And the Lord's like, you can pray all you want, but that's what you're doing. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I start, we're supposed to walk around the sanctuary until the Lord reveals who it is. And we start walking around, I start walking around, and this man comes up to me, and um, he's like, hi, I feel like I'm supposed to give you this. And he gives me this beautiful little white box with a white ribbon and like a little small jewelry box. And um, it has, like, chocolates and stuff in it, you know. And he said, I'm supposed to give you this. The Lord said he's going to, you know, share his treasures with you. Like, it was a really sweet word. And I was like, oh, okay. And he goes, what do you have for me? And I'm like, oh, well, excellent, because for sure I don't have to give this away. I'm like, well, it's this blingy bracelet, this real girly, blingy, shiny girl thing bracelet. So I know I'm not, you know, you probably don't want that. He goes, oh, that's for my wife. And I was like, oh, and his wife, like, magically appears right beside him. She's like, what's that? What? And there she is, and the Lord's like, yeah, it's for her. And so she's standing there, and she's just as sweet as she can be. And, I, you know, you can just tell when you meet people if they're more timid or meek or if they're outgoing and boisterous. And she was definitely more timid and meek. And, and so I explained to her that somebody had made that bracelet for me, and it was meant to remind me to be 
fearless and that I felt like the Lord wanted her to have it. And so I gave it to her, and she was thrilled. She loved it because it was real cute. And um, she liked it a lot. And I prayed for her, and I blessed her, and walked away back to my sad little chair, having my pity party. And I was like, oh, okay, Lord, I did it. I just, I did it. I gave it to her. And the Lord's like, yeah, I had you give that away because you don't need it anymore. You don't need that reminder anymore. You don't need something that you can look at every day and remind you to be fearless. You have done the work, daughter. You have done the work. And so that's what I want to impart to you guys tonight is that desire, whatever it is that he's calling you to, whatever it is that fear is trying to lie to you about and stop your momentum and rob you of your destiny, no more of that. Let's do the work, okay? So, oh, fear is such a destiny robber in our lives. That's specifically what the Lord said to me about it when I was preparing the message. He said it is a destiny robber. And that was like, whoa, that's intense, Lord. That's kind of like serious. And he's like, that's exactly what it is. And then he began to talk to me about a couple of ways that fear tries to rob our destiny. You know, it says in John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Comes to steal, kill, and destroy what God has planned for us in our destinies and in our callings. But God said that he came to give us life and give it an abundance. So one of the ways that he told me to highlight the fear tries to rob our destiny is the fear of something bad happening. And I've talked about this a little bit before, but I want to go into it a little deeper tonight. This fear is also known as a spirit of dread. You know, things are going good, you're rolling right along. But in the back of your mind, you're like, mm, when's the other shoe going to drop? This is going too good, you know? That's one way it can look. Um, there's lots of ways that it can look. But um, the one I want to talk about tonight is in Exodus chapter 2. We're going to talk a little bit tonight about Moses. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps and you want to move along with me, we're going to be in Exodus 2 right now. Exodus chapter 2. Verses 11 through 14. And so just to give you a little background, Moses um, was raised on, in Pharaoh's palace. He was a Hebrew. He was raised in the palace with Pharaoh. And then um, he grew up and just a lot of stuff happened that we're going to talk about. I don't want to give it away. I want to read it. So, so here he is years later. He's grown up. He's still living in the palace. And we're in verse 11, chapter 2. Years later, after Moses had grown up, he went out to his own people and observed their forced labor. He saw an Egyptian striking a Hebrew, one of his people. The next day he went out, oh, sorry, I skipped a verse. Looking all around and seeing no one, he struck the Egyptian dead and hit him in the sand. The next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you attacking your neighbor? Who made you a commander and judge over us? The man replied. Are you planning to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses became afraid and thought, what I did is certainly known. And so I thought that 
sentence was so interesting. Then Moses became afraid. Fear comes in. What I did is certainly known. There's the shame and guilt. Moses ran into the woods and proceeded to live there for 40 years after that. He went and hid in the desert for 40 years. He was so afraid of his past coming back to haunt him that he fled to the desert. And I can totally relate to that for sure um, because, like I said, fear has been the enemy's weapon of choice in, in my life for my whole life. And um, I can also relate to the whole dread thing. So, like Paula mentioned, what has happened to me recently that some of you know about is I got the opportunity to host a radio show. And it was a total God thing, a miracle that it happened. It was like a total out of nowhere suddenly, like we all hear about. But it was, it was a great breakthrough in my life, one that, you know, I'm super grateful for. But Paula announced it here, and everybody started congratulating me about it. I remember the night specifically when we talked about it here at Supper Club, and everybody was congratulating, congratulating me about it, and I hadn't signed the contract yet. I hadn't, like, finished all the paperwork or done any of that. And I remember driving home that night, and... Um, I was in the car with my husband, John, and we were driving home, and I just felt like this weird trepidation and like a heaviness. I, I can't, I don't know how to explain it, but now I know it was a spirit of dread, and I started feeling afraid, and John's like, what are you talking about? Like, what are you afraid of? And it, t- I mean, I had to process through it, but it took me pretty much all night and into the next day to figure out that I was afraid of something bad happening if I did this because it was a good thing that was happening to me. I was like, oh, then something bad must be coming. So I was like totally putting the brakes on even whether or not I was going to sign the contract and do this radio show. And all these feelings of um, fear from my past coming back to haunt me like Moses, shame and guilt from my past catching up with me, I mean, I know that's also fear of man. Like I said, they all run together, and they're all buddies. They just, you know, have all kinds of names. But, and on top of that, I had been through, a few years earlier, a really horrible betrayal of somebody that I thought was my friend. And the way that they betrayed me was on social media. And it was very public, and it was very painful. And um, it was absolutely meant to shut down my voice and silence me. And I'm going to tell you the truth. For three years, it absolutely did. I'm just being honest. It absolutely did. Um, God had called me to start my ministry, and I stepped out in faith and did that, but I was terrified. And I spent those first two or three years very quietly posting something here you know, saying something there, offering to speak here, because I was terrified. I just, I'm trying to word this in a way that makes sense. I was hiding in my own desert, just like Moses, that I put myself in. You know, sometimes God leads, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness. That's not what happened for me. I took myself there. I was hanging out in the desert on my own. 
feeling really safe, and I knew the show was going to bring me out of the desert. And I was worried and scared about the exposure that was going to bring to me. So while I wanted to keep hiding in my desert, I knew that wasn't what God wanted for me. I knew that this was a door he had opened, a blessing opportunity, um, the next step that he was asking me to bravely take. And you guys, I had to dig deep. I know that may sound silly to some of you, but what I went through was a nightmare. And every time I tried to say, okay, yes, I'm going to do this, I could feel that fear trying to come back, that dread that shame, that guilt, all trying to come back on me. And so I just really had to get with the Lord and, and dig deep and remember that he has been preparing me to be brave and he'd been preparing me to be courageous and he had all those words I was annoyed with for 10 years now were huge blessings of comfort and peace over me. And then I remember the verse from First Peter 5, 7 that tells us to give all of our cares and anxieties to the Lord. And I did, I just laid it before him, and I was like, Lord, I'm giving this all to you, and I trust you with everything, especially my reputation. I trust you, Lord. I trust you with my past, and I trust you with what you're calling me to do. And so I I, I said yes, obviously. I ended up saying yes, and I'm so glad I did. Um, I felt his hand in it right away, and... um, When he calls us to be brave and do something that we're scared to do, he meets us in that place. I've heard Sean Bowles and other people talk about, even Lisa Bevere, talk about the gap. When you show up with what you have, and you're like, this is what I have, Lord, and you're an obedient, brave yes to him, all that you lack and all that you don't have to meet the requirements of whatever that call is, he fills in the gap. And when, when he does that and you feel it, you know. And you're really glad then that you said yes. Pastor Brady Boyd said something one time that really stuck with me. And he said, fear is an exaggerated view of the enemy. You know, we've seen those cartoons where it's like, here's God and he's huge. And then here's fear, like this little spirit of fear. And it's like this tiny thing, you know, and we think in our minds it's, this big, huge, scary thing that we're worried it's going to happen. And when you put it next to God, I don't care how big it is, God towers over it, right? I was so scared when I was little. I mean, my earliest memories, I can remember being in a bedroom by myself and my mom would turn off the light and I was like, can I please have a nightlight? And so she would give me a nightlight in the hall but not in my room because she didn't want my sleep to be interrupted. But little did she know, I was not sleeping. I was laying under the covers with them pulled over my head. I was certain that there was a boogeyman in the room and that if I stuck my head out of the covers or I came out, that he was going to get me. I was so worried that something bad was going to happen that I didn't sleep all night. And I would wake up exhausted and, you know, cranky, hot mess. All because I was certain that there was a boogeyman in the room. And I just laid there frozen night after night. Most of my childhood, I'm not going to lie, probably until I was like a teenager. Um, Fear is intended to be paralyzing and debilitating. That's its purpose. It wants to freeze you in your tracks. But when we can remember that God has called us and he is with us, his presence is with us, 
we can step out into the destiny that he has for us. Another um, way that fear tries to rob our destiny that he wanted me to highlight is what I mentioned earlier. It's the fear of being ill-equipped or not prepared or not good enough, not having what it takes for what he's calling you to. And this type of fear really does try to stop you in your tracks. So let's look at Moses one more time. And we're going to skip ahead to Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. And now Moses has been in the wilderness forever. And this is the story of the burning bush. This is when he goes out, he's tending his flock or whatever he's doing. And the bush is burning and he sees it. And it's not burning up, but it's just burning. And he goes over to it. And the Lord starts speaking to him. And the Lord tells him, you know, I've chosen you. I want you to deliver my people. I've heard them cry out to me. They're in despair, and I want you to deliver them. Okay, so that's what's going on here. But Moses replied to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, either in the past or recently since you've been speaking to your servant, because my mouth and my tongue are sluggish. He stuttered, is what scholars tell us that that means. The Lord said to him, Who placed a mouth on humans? Who makes a person mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. So there's God meeting him in the gap, telling him, What you don't have, I do have, and I'll meet you there. I'll be with you. Moses said, Oh no, Lord, please send somebody else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, Isn't Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well, and also he is on his way to meet you now. He will rejoice when he sees you. You will speak with him and tell him what to say. I will help both you and him to speak and will teach you both what to do. He will speak to the people for you. He will serve as a mouth for you, and you will serve as a God to him. And so when I read that, passage I was just like oh my gosh it's that him being ill-equipped he was literally so afraid that he wasn't qualified because of his stutter and probably I think personally because of his history just like me he was worried about all that stuff about him killing that guy and burying him in the sand was going to come back but he was especially worried about his stutter he said I don't have what it takes he was so afraid that he was ill-equipped and unprepared, that he was willing to relinquish the call and the destiny on his life to deliver a nation. He was willing to just let his brother have it. And I know some stuff happened after that, and Moses came through, and I'm so glad, but I don't want us to be like that, where we're willing to say, oh, no, not me, Lord, let her do it, because we're scared. You know, just using some current events of my life again, Speaking of the radio show, I went in to tape for the second time this week, just on Wednesday, while I was preparing this message, so it was so perfect. And um, when I got there to record that day, the station manager came in and said, hey, we're in a little bit of a bind. Um, do you think you could do us a favor? And I was like, sure. You know, how can I help? How can I help? And he said, um, could you do the live drive time show from four to six by yourself for two hours today? And I was like, I'm sorry, what? 
I said that on the inside, just so you know. Um, on the outside, I was like, I said to him, do you think I'm ready for that? Because this was my second time to record. I had been on one live show, but it was scripted for me, and it was like everything, you know, it, it wasn't two hours, it was like 20 minutes, and it was a totally different ball of wax. And after I said, do you think I'm ready, before he could answer, the Lord spoke to me and said in my spirit, Carla, I am opening a door of opportunity to you, and I want you to walk through it. And that's all I needed. Because I knew if he was opening the door, he was going to be with me. And if he told me to walk through it, he was going to help me do it. And y'all ain't never seen nobody scramble like me for the next few hours. I talked to Ginger on the phone. I got a hold of Paula. She came up there and helped me. Um, I was able to interview her because she is a relationship expert. And um, <laughs> isn't she, Lori? And so God worked the whole thing out. He knew she would listen to me. This was the scariest, one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life. Like before it happened, during it, and when I look back at it, it's still real scary. I'm not going to lie. Paula's like, oh, it was fantastic. I'm like, no, I was terrified. Um, it was the scariest thing. But the Lord had been preparing me for a long time, and he set me up. He made sure I was the one that was recording that day when they needed somebody. He made sure he gave me favor with them that they even thought I could do it. He made sure Paula was available so she could help me and I could interview her because God knows I'm comfortable with her and we can talk about anything for eight hours, much less two. So God really set the whole thing up, you know. He made sure Rachel was with me that day so I had somebody to help me get everything, you know, clamor together and give me all my pep talks like she does. The Lord did it all. And all I did was say yes. So when the guy, after the Lord said that to me, I'm opening this door and I want you to walk through it. The guy looked at me and said, what do you think? And I said, I believe the door is opening to me from the Lord and I'm going to walk through it. I said it right to his face. And he's like, okay, great. That's the answer we were hoping for. <laughs> and so I did it and, and went for it and you know, here's the thing, you guys. God never calls us to a place that he's not already at. Doesn't the word say? He goes behind us and before us. He's always with us. Joyce Meyer often says this, and it was like a mantra for me those first two years of my ministry for sure. And even, to be honest with you, I knew that he was calling me to ministry to step down as the women's pastor and step out on my own for a full at least a year before I ever did it. So those three years were legit scary and work and pressure. And um, Joyce Meyer says, no matter what's going on, no matter how you feel about it, especially if you're afraid, it's okay. Just do it afraid. Do it afraid. That means knees knocking, hands shaking. Do it afraid. Just do what he's calling you to do. Don't do what I almost did and relinquish, or what Moses almost did and relinquish the call and the destiny on your life to the next person in line that's willing to say yes, you say yes. Because if the Lord's opening the door for you, he's made the way. He's made the way. 
One of the ways that we can battle that feeling of being unqualified or not equipped is what I said. It's to remember that God is literally with us. I knew in that moment he was with me because he spoke to me and because he's been preparing me for it. And we can take practical steps to remind ourselves of this. I'm in the kitchen a lot at home because according to John, that's what I was created to do as his wife is cooked for him all the time. He's like, please don't say that. I'm like, well, honey, it's true. So he'll come home from work and he'll be like, baby, you better be in the kitchen. So um, I am in the kitchen. I do love to cook. But um, right in front of where I wash, you know, this kitchen sink, I have a little plaque thing that I put there because I knew I would see it a lot. And it's this practical way that I've spent these last few years reminding myself that I'm fearless and not to be afraid. And it's the scripture from Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. And this is true for all of you tonight, too. I really feel the Lord's um, anointing on this scripture. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So, like I said, I said yes to that live show, and we did it, and we had a blast, but I had eight heart attacks and 32 strokes and cried the whole way home just to release all the pin-up adrenaline. And like I said, Paula's like, wasn't that fantastic? Wasn't that great? And I was like, yes, it was so great, but I got to go, like, decompress and have my own little fit. Um, but I'm so glad I said yes to that because I learned so much in that show, you guys. I learned how to cut in and out of breaks on a live show. I've never done that. you got to be down to the second, and they mean business, don't they? Like, they're not joking. They're like, you got 10 seconds, and we want you to take those 10 seconds. Um, I learned how to cut in and out of break. I learned how to interview somebody live. I learned how to take a phone call, thank you, Jesus, for Bob, live. <laughs> Hallelujah, Bob called in, and Christian, too. But then we had some real people, not that you're not real, but strangers. <laughs> We had strangers call that really did want to hear from the Lord, and that was awesome. Um, but I was so grateful that Bob was the first call because, I mean, and I told Paula Bob, and I mean this sincerely, you should have your own radio show because his voice is like, I am a godly father figure, and I will just make everything okay. Just listen to what I have to say, and I'm going to take care of you and impart lots and lots of wisdom. So just hearing his voice on the phone brought me so much peace. And Paul's like, oh, it's Bob. And I was like, yes. But I was just like, just receive the peace, Carla. It was just a love kiss from the Lord to me that it was, that it was him for sure. But um, I learned so much technical things that I would not have had the opportunity to learn by doing that show. And I believe that the more I learn, the more prepared I am for whatever God's calling me to next, you know. And so I'm, I'm really glad I did that, you know. Um, all of that was great training for me to go, you know, to the next level. So I'm really glad I did that. But I guess what I want to say to you tonight, um, what doors of opportunity are being opened in your life right now? Because I know because I'm giving this message tonight that there are people in this room that you already know what those doors are. They've, they're already in front of you. Some of you are what you're about to come to your doors, but some of you, they're already there. And you're doing what I did for those few days. You're like, eh, I don't know. Am I ready? 
what if? You know, am I prepared? I don't know. Don't let fear make that decision for you. What part of your destiny lies just ahead? On the other side of some fear that the enemy has placed in your path. Because that's what he does. He puts, he's got our number, right? And he just puts it right there in our path. And your destiny's on the other side of that. Just step right over it. Go around it. Plow through it. Whatever you got to do. Where's the enemy tried to stop you in your tracks? With his lies and manipulations? Intimidations? Where has he got you frozen with fear? Do you have a fear of flying that keeps you from traveling to be with your family and creating beautiful memories? I mean, there's lots of, like, practical, real life. It's not all spiritual, you guys. I mean, there's some, there's some practical stuff that robs us of our destiny. You know, are you like me? Are you terrified of swimming? Are you scared to death to learn how to swim? Can I tell you how many vacations my family's gone on? And I love the water. The ocean is my happy place. But I do not get in the ocean. I love the way it sounds. I love to look at it. But I don't get in. And my whole family gets in, and they have a blast. They jump around. We just came back from Mississippi. They were in my mom's pool the whole time. And that's awesome. But there I am sitting on the, sitting on the side. I've got my feet in the water, but I won't get in. When we go to the beach... I stay up on the shore and let everybody else wander in. So that's something that God's working on in practical ways, even in me right now. So like I said, it's not always spiritual stuff. What things is the Lord showing you, even while I've been talking tonight, that the enemy may be trying to use to rob you of your destiny? Um, During worship, as I close, I heard some stuff that I wrote down. And I just want to say these, and I want to ask you, if, if, if you're dealing with any of these, the Lord, um, the Holy Spirit gave me these to mention tonight, so I would really love to pray for you afterwards, if you're willing, because if he mentioned it to me, tonight is your night of breakthrough, right? right. Um, somebody has, like, fear of the devil, like, literally of, of the devil, like I said, that's little, you know, um, the picture that I saw is like me when I was a little kid and I thought there was a boogeyman in the room. The impression that I got is that it's a fear of the actual enemy, that he's like the boogeyman and he's scary and, and they're scared that he's going to try and mess with them. And God wants you to know, like that picture I gave you, he's way bigger than that. He's way bigger than that. They're not equals, <laughs> not even a little bit. So um, the other one I heard is the fear of being alone forever. Um, Fear that God's not going to provide. What I heard was fear that God's not really going to provide. And then the other, the last one I heard is fear that deep down, God's not really good. He's mostly good, but he's maybe angry with you or... Maybe he's going to punish you. or. And I just want to say, God is all the time all good. That is a lie from the enemy. All those are lies. 
So if any of those um, spoke to you, I really do want to do some ministry afterwards. I mean, the food will still be there. Um, I love you guys, and y'all are my family. So I felt safe coming here and talking about, you know, my embarrassing feelings and and my uh, fear-filled childhood stuff. But I hope that you feel safe with me and that you would trust me to just minister to you tonight because I feel like that's what the Lord wants to do because he gave me some pretty specific stuff. And even if you're... If you're dealing with stuff that's not on that list, that doesn't mean that he doesn't want to deliver you. This whole message was for you. So, um, I mean, everybody eat. I'm just saying, if anybody wants ministry, I'm, I'm probably going to go out in the hall just for some privacy. If anybody wants ministry, I really want to minister to you because I really do believe that the Lord um, wants to do some work here tonight. So let me pray for you. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity, Lord. Thank you for this door of opportunity you gave me tonight to speak and love on my family and share my heart, Lord. Father, I just pray that, um, Holy Spirit, you would minister to everyone here in any place where the enemy is trying to steal from them or lie to them or rob them in any way of things that you have for them in their destiny, Lord. I just ask now in the name of Jesus that you would reveal it to them, Lord. And right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I impart fearless, fearless courage, bravery, fearless faith, Lord. I thank you, God, that you are good, that you will do all that you've promised to do. I thank you, Father, that you care about every detail of our lives, and it's no coincidence that they're here tonight, Father. I thank you, Father, for your peace. Holy Spirit, I just thank you. um, I thank you for giving courage even to people to come and get prayer. I pray, Father, that they would be brave and ask for whatever it is that you're telling them to get prayer for. Father, I thank you that we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. And you are a good, good Father. I just thank you for your peace now, God, and your ministering angels in this place, Lord, to do your work. In the mighty, holy, delivering and healing name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you. I love that speech.